Welcome in, everybody. Wednesday edition. Great to see you uh, continuing to grow as a show. You're going to get the raw, unfiltered truth here. Uh, so we will get this going in here in just a minute. Uh, before we get going, we'll obviously have our disclaimer with Dam. And uh, just wanted to let you know Patron know uh, we appreciate him being here. His work schedule has changed, just to give you guys a heads up. A lot of mornings he's up between 3.30 and 4 a.m. So we'll have him in the beginning of the show. He's always a valuable member of this uh, program. And uh, just want to give everybody a heads up in case we go later into the night. He's not available. Uh, he does have a work schedule that's pretty demanding right now. Patron, how are you, sir? Oh, thank you for that, Chris. Yeah, very, very good. Like you said, a lot of work, uh, but um, in in good health, which is good. Family is good. Life is for um, a good show. So let's get going. Let's get after it. Uh, damn, go ahead, sir. What's up, Chris? What's up, Patron? What's up, everyone? Um, welcome to Safe Moon After Dark. Safe Moon After Dark presents informative content, news, and entertainment surrounding Safe Moon projects in the Safe Moon ecosystem, developing technology, and the cryptocurrency community. We want you to come strong to the mic. However, when you come to the mic, we want you to remain respectful to not only the host and co-host, but to other speakers and guests as well. When you share, please try to keep everything clear and concise. Try not to take up too much time as we want to get through all the content and hear from everyone in the audience. If you have questions, please contact us via our DMs on call-in or Twitter, and we will attempt to get your questions answered as soon as possible. A reminder that we are being recorded tonight and streamed to a variety of podcasts and or video platforms. Please feel free to visit Apple, Sp Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts to listen to this show or future shows at a later date. A reminder, this show is not financial advice. Also, I would like to encourage everyone to come up and speak tonight. If you look at the bottom left of your screen, you will see a blue call-in icon. You can click that, and it will bring you up to the queue. You can also hold down the emoji button to your bottom right, and you can select um, there's probably 10 to 15 different emojis. And if you wouldn't mind to go ahead and tweet out the space, that is at the top. There is an arrow button inside of a box at the top right of your screen in the top right corner. Um, that way we can get as many people in the space as possible. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate all the hard work that Dan puts in. I appreciate all the hard work that Patron puts in. I want to start this program tonight by being grateful for these guys. They've been a steady hand the entire time. Uh, you can't have two better co-hosts than these two. So I just want everybody to know that we're in this together. These guys are critical to the success of everything that we do. And uh, you cannot be successful without great people around you. These guys have helped me through everything with this program, with this investment, this journey. Uh, I'm a better man for knowing both of them and our regular guests as well. So I just want to start out with that. Uh, if you looked at today, you know, we'll get into economic policy a little bit. Uh, I tweeted earlier that I expected a three-quarter rate raise. That's exactly what the U.S. government did today at two, around 2 p.m. Eastern. Jerome Powell uh, will have plenty of commentary on that. Uh, I don't think that they have a grip on what's going on. I think they are reactive instead of proactive. 
this isn't just me critiquing a certain party. I'm not partisan. I'm a moderate. Uh, typically, I'll vote for the best candidate on both sides of the aisle. So I want everybody to understand that. This isn't a political discussion. This is a fiscal economic discussion. Uh, the bottom line is with this administration, they're just way behind the curve on this. The situation was created by the U.S. government, federal government, right? And they continue to react slowly to what's not just a recession in the United States, but what you're looking at is a global recession, right? And for a global recession, you don't go back to 2008. 2008 was the mortgage crisis in the U.S. That's built into Canada, some other countries. That wasn't as much on an international level. Okay, if you want to go back to an international recession, you're looking at like 1994. Uh, this is the highest uh, rate increase we've seen in the United States since 1994. Those people that believe this is a short-term bear market or a temporary recession, I think really need to come to grips with what's going on. You need to look at things on a factual basis. You need to look at, you know, history. You need to study this a little closer. This is a long-term, prolonged recession. I understand that the Dow, the S&P, the crypto markets responded positively today. I would call that a very short term. Um, can things go lower? Yes, I certainly feel like they can go lower. Uh, stocks in the stock market, the Dow, the S&P, and crypto. So I don't want anybody to think that we're out of the woods on this. I expect at least 12 months. Uh, and to take it even further, it looks like based on the analysis of what's going on, that the next time you would see a reduction in interest rates would be 2024. That's the projection based on the economic outlook and analysis right now. I do think the Fed will continue to raise rates in the United States uh, at least one more time, maybe two to three more times. But a three-quarter point increase is a significant hike. You know, just to put things in perspective, normally you're looking at a quarter point. They've gone up to a half. A three-quarter is significant. It wouldn't surprise me if we saw a full point in the future. Not saying they will go that far, but I think there's about a 50-50 chance of that. Uh, so just, you know, to give you some perspective on the whole market uh, before we get into Safe Moon tonight. And like I said, it's not partisan. Uh, I am critical of Jerome Powell. I don't believe Jerome Powell is being factual with the data and information that he's providing to the public right now. I think that the statistics and the rate of inflation you now see are much more significant than what they're saying. Now, is he downplaying it to not cause public alarm? Is it a political deal? Is it trying to make the administration look better, that they have control of the economy? You know, we can all debate that and offer our opinions, but I just don't think the information is credible at this point. And I do think that they could have got ahead of this a lot quicker. So, uh, Dan, what are your thoughts on that? You hit upon my thoughts exactly. You know, um, we may all have different um, views socially, um, you know, in the political uh, arena, but I think we all 
want um, what's best for the United States and the world in terms of economies. Um, and I don't think that's what we're getting right now. So, you know, we, we definitely want to have a discussion regarding fiscal policy. Um, it's important that we separate that from social policy. Um, I think that is one thing that has put us in this position, um, an all or nothing outlook. And this definitely isn't an all or nothing situation. I too am a moderate. Um, I am more right leaning, um, in terms of fiscal policy, but I am more left leaning in terms of social policy. So, you know, Bill Clinton, for instance, I differed on him in many views socially, but I think his results speak for themselves. Um, he was a very pro business president and that was reflected in the results. You know, people can say what they want about his social views, but I don't think anyone can argue regarding the results he provided in terms of the economy. Um, you know, I think we were set up to have a massive explosion, um, at the end of COVID, um, at the beginning of this administration. And I think there were some very bad decisions made regarding energy, um, reg regarding um, discussions of increasing the capital gains tax on corporations. Um, a lot of things that should and maybe could be done in a time when the market is exploding and everything's great and there is a surplus of um, cash being generated and GDP um, in our market. But to do those things when you're coming out of lockdowns across the nation, when your economy has been dormant for as long as it had, um, you know, it, it in my opinion, I, don't, I think it was a reckless move. And I think we are seeing the fallout of that move. And again, this isn't a um, partisan stance. You know, I'm, I'm for anyone that stands to put people in a better position. And in order for us to be in a better position and to do more for others, you know, we have to take care of our own house first. And that's the same, that, that's the same for any country. So I, I do expect what Chris said that we will see more of what we have seen. I don't believe we're even in the middle of this. They have said that a lot of people have estimated that there could be a 1500 basis point increase, um, in rates, meaning 15% is what that equates to. Um, and that Jerome Powell is trying to do this in small increments, um, hoping not to rock the boat, but I'm not so sure that that is going to work. I mean, we have a major surplus of cash, a major inflation issue. And I don't think that taking a laid back approach to this is the proper move, in my opinion. So we definitely want to hear from everyone. We want to get your takes on it. Um, you know, 
personally, I'd like to get Chris's opinion. I, I don't want to get into the social issues. Um, I want to keep it about the uh, economy um, and generating GDP um, and the global economy aspect. Yeah, I don't think it will go to 1,500 basis points. That's just my belief. I will tell you that I had a discussion with Dam the other day, and I, I stand by this statement. This is my prediction. If I'm wrong, then you guys can you know bring this back. We record everything. But I said to Dam, I said, the government's going to intervene at some point within the next six months, is my belief. I think you're going to see a multi-trillion dollar bill it's going to be focused on job creation and uh, stimulating the economy. Uh, Dam's response was, well, then they'll have to raise interest rates like crazy. I said they will. <laughs> so I think both will go hand in hand. Uh, and he said, well, where will they find the money? And I said, well, that's part of the rate increase. Uh, and if you don't believe that this is a possibility, just look at Joe Biden. I think it was two days ago. Where was he speaking? At the AFL-CIO. Right. You're speaking to workers. And the point they were making is that they were for the workers, that they were going to help the workers. Um, that's that's the voting base. Right. So that's the electorate. And I think the point there being, he said, we're changing lives. So uh, I'm not saying I agree with the economic policy or what they're going to do, but I think there will be government intervention. There was in 2008 when they did capital injections into these large banks. J.P. Morgan Chase, Bank of America, uh, there were there were many, okay, and it was several billion dollars that went in. That was the uh, TARP money, if you guys forgot. Uh, so I was around. I just finished grad school, and I've read books on it. I've watched documentaries on it. You know, that was Hank Paulson, Treasury Department. They were very involved in that. They made these banks take money. Some of these CEOs did not want to do it, and they said, you have to. I mean, they sat them all down in a room, and they had it unanimous. Uh, and there were some that did not want to do it. They wanted to see other banks fail, but the government didn't care. They felt like we were on that you know, end of a crisis, that much of a crisis at that point, that if it wasn't done, that it would be complete failure of the economy, not recession, but a depression. I think you'll have government intervention again. Uh, I think that uh, the, the focus will be job creation. I think the midterms are going to play a role on that. Uh, you're going to have newly elected members in Congress. There's a lot of people that aren't happy with the current administration. I think you're going to see a lot of seats change in November in both the House. Uh, you'll see some movement in the Senate. Senate only has 100 members. But in the House in particular, you have 435 members. The terms, you know, are two years. So what people say is when you get elected, you immediately are starting to campaign for your position. Most incumbents get reelected. But I think right now everything's going to be up for grabs. Uh, so that's what I see how this is going to play out. I think you see a prolonged recession. You can look at the positive and the negative on it. The negative is that I think it's going to take longer for us to have a bull market. The positive is that I think when we do have a bull market, it's going to be one of the strongest bull markets we've seen in at least a decade. Uh, and then the other positive with it is that you're going to be able to purchase cryptocurrency at 
price levels that I don't think we'll see for at least another decade, maybe more. And then even then, you might not get down to that level because at that point, the new floor on those you know currencies may be higher than where the floor is now. In fact, I think they will. So I think if you have something right now that's around the all-time low, uh, you're going to have an all-time low in the next bear cycle that's going to be 20% higher than where it is now, 20 to 25%. That's just a projection. So uh, you'll have mass adoption with cryptocurrency. It will occur on the next bull run. It's just a matter of time. Is it going to be 2023? Is it going to be 2024? I'm looking at mid-2023. We'll let it play out. But in the meantime, that's what's going on. It's not just an issue in the U.S. You're looking at a global recession. You've seen the supply chain issues. You've seen higher demand for things with less supply. I think the next issue will be food. I think food is going to be impacted. I think there'll be a supply chain issue with food and a higher price on goods that you're purchasing in terms of food supply. Uh, and that's going to lead to further issues, uh, socially and economically. Not trying to scare anybody, just being honest about everything. I don't think it's the end of the world or anything by, by any means like that. I just think we're going to go through a prolonged period where things are going to be tougher. Uh, that would be my belief right now. Dan, I'm sure you got thoughts on that. Yeah. Um, what we're looking at right now is really unchartered. Um, you know, a lot of economists are pointing at 2008, um, what we did, um, the government intervention then. Um, there are some differences, for instance. Um, the government has been propping up the market now for years. Um, they've been purchasing um, treasuries, uh, mortgage-backed securities, um, nonstop. And that has held up the market. So they are curtailing that. They are beginning to divest themselves of those. Um, they're doing it incrementally, not to just tank the market. Um, so they have been printing money, um, at a alarming rate for years at this point. Um, in 2008, they intervened. There was a massive influx of cash that Chris had just spoke about. Um, but we have already been doing that. Um, not to say that we've been doing that in an attempt to fix this situation, but we've already been doing that. It's created a massive amount of inflation. There has been a massive amount of cash pushed into the market. So the, um, having a government intervention, you know, I, I think that may be a possibility. Um, but I think it's going to take some very, very, very smart people at the helm to make that happen. Um, they're not going to be pe people with political motives. They're going to have to have motives of stimulating the economy and riding the ship. So it's going to have to be about one thing, what I just said, stimulating the economy 
and getting this country turned around. Um, I don't think you're going to be able to combine that with a lot of the social activism that we have seen. Um, that would be the one cautionary thing that I would hope that would be avoided um, at this point. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's the we're in a we're in uncharted territory. I mean, the amount of money that a farmer has to spend right now to buy feed or seed is astronomical. Um, the fuel cost in getting that food, those resources to market is astronomical. Um, death fluid for um, diesel, you know, I believe most of that is imported out of Russia. So that's an issue right there. Um, so there, there's a lot of different things. We've talked about a lot of them that are going on. Um, so I, I definitely think the uh, midterms, um, I think bringing in opposing factions could could help this. Um, I really do. Having um, a different party with the majority in Congress, you know, versus the executive branch of another party i think that that could be the recipe to battle out something that works i do believe that um i think it would really come down to how it's done because i don't think our domestic economy in the united states can stand to have um a massive surplus of cash dumped on it right now i just don't think that could that, that would help. I also don't think that the American public, our generation now, is willing to go through what we would have to go through to do it without that. So that would be my reasoning as to why I do believe what Chris is saying will happen. Um, you know, we are not the greatest generation, you know, our grandfathers, grandmothers, they were, they were cut of a different stone, you know, um, going through something like the great depression. I'm not certain that, um, well, I know that our current generation is not up to that task. So that would be my main reasoning for why I do believe there will be government intervention. Uh, Patron, you still with us? I wanted to get your thoughts on everything going on. Um, there's a lot going on um you, you know uh, one of the things uh change and this this recently happened and again i'm not an expert in this field but i saw that like you know the uh, availability for any american to try to purchase a home in rural area not in urban area with the department of usda has been raised the limit of what you can make and this is all has to do with you know the 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 interest rate going higher it has to do with also the economy uh being in a bad shape uh in the past you know a family of three i think you know in some of this uh area if you wanted to get a loan to to get a you know a house the limit was like sixty thousand dollars you can make any more of that that has changed to a minimum of uh, 103 
thousand dollars. So which 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 in other words, what's that gonna do is like more people is gonna be able to qualify to be home away from the city. And a lot of people are doing that now because of what you said, you know, the shortage of food being so expensive. People wanted to, to go out out of the city and do their own like homesteading and, you know, produce their own food. So, so things are changing. And I think you guys are, you know, both right on point. Um, you know, the, the other factor that has nothing to do with politics or anything else is that, you know, just so you know, all major oil company are going to net zero by the year 2050. So it's an initiative that they started out, you know, a few years back and, I can tell you that what they're saying, based looks like you cut out, man. He's still with us. Okay. Uh, just to give you guys a heads up, I know we're going long into this and there's a lot of analysis. Okay. Why? Uh, Cause we want to give you a current state of where we're at. And then, you know, if you want to project this forward, uh, cryptocurrency, I believe is going to be what's going to save us. I believe cryptocurrency is going to run the entire world. And I think that SafeMoon is going to be a major part of that. Uh, I think by 2025, we'll have a $12 trillion market cap. Could be more, but that would be about four times of what you saw at last year's all-time high, which was around $3 trillion. I think that cryptocurrency is going to be the way we take back the power as the people. And don't have to depend on governments for economic policy, uh, for getting things right, for a cyclical economy where you go to a bear and bull market. Uh, that's going to be our banking in the future. So uh, we can talk more about that and what it's going to mean. Uh, obviously, with SafeMoon, I think they have something revolutionary. It's a deflationary you know, project. Uh, the supply is going to continue to go down. You're going to continue to gain uh, interest, what we would call compounding reflections on your wallet. And I think that's going to be the change. Uh, the people are going to have the power and the people. It's not just going to be representative democracy. Right Right now we have representative democracy where we elect people and the U.S. It's a two party system. You have the choice between two people and some elections you're voting for the, the least worst of the two right uh there's there's less accountability the approval rating for the u.s congress has been extremely low for the last decade probably even more uh usually it's 30 percent or lower okay you have no term limits on senators or house of representative members you know in the senate they get a six-year term there's a hundred senators two for each state uh they don't usually get voted out. Most of them serve at least 20 years, sometimes 30 years. Healthcare for life, right? They vote for salary increases. Everybody that comes to Capitol Hill comes out of Congress a wealthier person, man or woman, right? That's just the reality of it. I've grown up in this area for a long time. I've seen a lot play out. There's a lot of people I've talked to over the years, and that's the system we have now. Uh, with a president, you have a two-term limit, but you know we haven't had a really successful president economically in quite some time. We had some economic success before the pandemic, uh, and then things fell back through, right? 
So I think we're in a unique position where we had, you know, economic, we had a strong economy for a long time based on money that the government put in with the banks. And now we're in a, a situation where I think we're paying for the sins of the past. Uh, Patron, are you still there? Yeah, yeah, I'm still here. So I, I apologize. I know I don't know whether I got caught off or not, but um, I don't know how far I went. Um, but uh, you know, I was saying, you know, we ought to get ready for the you know net zero coming in the year 2050. I'm not sure whether you heard about that or not. You're talking about with the oil and gas companies. Yeah, yeah. The they have they they have a huge initiative initiative to to cut down the production of fuel so so basically what they're saying in the year 2050 you won't be able to go to a gas station and buy gasoline or diesel that, that's it it's going to be over so th there's a major transition in between companies industries automaking um not sure how the airline industry is going to you know adapt to this but you got to come up with a different solution different way of uh you know energizing being efficient and uh you know, so so things are. You know, we are, we have to be ready for a change. Things have to change because uh, um, it, it it just nothing can stay the same way it is right now. It's not sustainable. And how do you feel about crypto power powering the whole world? I I think it's going to happen faster than most realize. I think by two thousand twenty five, we're going to be on the beginning of that. Uh, you got four and a half percent of the entire world in crypto right now. You get to a twelve trillion dollar market cap for all of crypto. Now you're probably looking at uh, somewhere around fourteen, fifteen percent of the world in it. And I think we begin the climb. And this is the the international banking system at this point. Patron, go ahead. Oh yeah. So and so that's something. If you if you look at the past, and I know most of you guys remember this, you know. Elon Musk, you know, that, you know, saying that he, he want, he wasn't going to take any Bitcoin or support Bitcoin because of the mass production of, of energy that it takes to mine Bitcoin. Well, you know, all this is going to change when things are getting more green into the green technologies. Um, then you're going to see then a lot more people adopting and accepting crypto because now, it's going to be produced by clean energy and hopefully uh, uh, a safe moon would do the same thing going forward. And I think that's their focus and not just safe moon, but, you know, crypto in general. So that that's going to produce a bigger, bigger adoption around the world because then they're going to be like, OK, so, you know, this is green. So, yeah. So, yeah, you know, I can change my mind. Let me see. I can get, you know, started in crypto. Let me get invested and so forth. So I think it's going to be huge uh, being able to produce uh, mine. And, uh... I'm glad you brought up Elon because everybody will say that Tesla does not accept Bitcoin for payment now. Well, that's true. But when they did accept Bitcoin for payment, they held on to that Bitcoin. They did not cash out the Bitcoin that they were given as payment. And if you looked at with this dip that happened Monday, they were looking at about a $350 million unrealized loss. And they have not sold their Bitcoin. So that tells you that on their balance sheet, they're willing to go through the peaks and valleys and go to that negative $350 million, uh, that they've gotten through holding Bitcoin 
through all this. That shows you their faith in Bitcoin and cryptocurrency as a whole. Uh, Dan, let's get your thoughts, and then we're going to go to Will. Go ahead, Dan. I definitely think what you just said about um, Tesla is very important. You know, they are not, they haven't sold. Um, at this point, I don't think it would make sense to do so. Um, I had someone reach out to me today that had bought a house three months ago and was panicking about, about that situation. And my response was, are you moving in the next two to three years? You know, you just bought the house. Do you plan to move in the next two to three years? Um, they, they replied, no. And then my response, well, what is it was, then what does it matter? You know, <laughs> and the reality is, is that if you're looking at this as a long-term hold, crypto in general, where we're at right now doesn't really matter. What matters is where you will be at when you reach your goal, whatever that is, whether that's five years, 10 years, whatever it is. But regarding um, the situation with the legislators that we have, um, like Chris said, most of them go into office and they are multimillionaires within a very short period of time. Their salaries are not that great. So the way that equation adds up, it's pretty obvious, you know. We've had a lot of corruption um, in the government at the highest levels. We've had a lot of corruption on Wall Street. We've seen the um, against the rules, I guess you could say, operations of hedge funds um, where, you know, they can basically do as they please. And the uh, retail investor is just hung out to dry. And that is enabled. It's obvious that it's enabled by the SEC. Um, I have no doubt of that. So crypto to me, that takes that out of play. That's one reason that they are coming after it so hard right now, now that, now that it's in a weak, vulnerable state. So SafeMoon, for instance, being that we have a very low well dominance, we do not have any that I know of major institutional involvement. Um, it is a crypto that is held by many small hands. That is financial freedom. That is freedom. That's what that is. That's what Safe Moon is. So that is where I see crypto bringing control back to the populace that has been used and abused by Wall Street and government officials for decades, not a year, not two years, not even the extent of many of our lifetimes. Longer than that, they've been getting away with murder. Um, and crypto, I believe, is a solution. So I definitely agree that we will be looking at a combined um, crypto dominance of the figures that he said, if not more, if not more. Yeah, and, and we touched on it last show. Even with Ethereum and Bitcoin now, you have institutional involvement, right? 
where they saw this and they said, wow, look at the returns on this. Look, look how these percentage yields. Now let's get involved in that. Let's regulate it. Let's get it in ETFs. Let's get it in a 401k fidelity that, that you know, let's get this. It, it, well, now look, it's got, it's a two-sided coin. It's going to get crypto to the masses, but it's also not what a Vitalik Buterin, right? Or Satoshi Nakamoto foresaw, right? They saw this as money for the people where we control the financial sector and our banking. And now you got institutional involvement. It's That's something you can't do with SafeMoon right now, right? Based on the 10% in, 10% out. That's what's different about this. Let's go to Will. Go ahead, Will. Hey, what's up, guys? Hey, Will. So, uh, how's everybody hey, doing? Good. How are you? Hey, I'm good, man. I'm good. So, yeah, I've uh, I've been a holder, man. Uh, Safe Moon since April of 2021, probably uh, early early April. And uh, so, anyhow, I'm, I'm just jumping on here because I, I heard you guys talking about the. Uh, <laughs> The housing market and some and uh, how things are going up uh how things are getting bought and things like that so uh, i live in uh i live in florida and i bought my house cash money on a settlement uh, 33 is a four bedroom on, on one acre you know just a double wide and uh yeah i i, I felt like i got a good deal and in, in tax wise it was at 64 grand at that, at that time in like 2017. Uh, the taxes have gone up on it since then to, you know, uh, it's valued at like about 80,000, 84,000. Other houses selling right next to me, same exact, you know, setup, you know, three bedroom, two bath acre of land going for 140 to 200,000. Not even in, in as good of shape. Uh, people putting their houses on the market down here. Going for three times, you know, the, the value price. Uh, and it's insane that, that a lot, a lot of that's getting bought up and it's, uh, the markets, like you said, the, the market is really, it's, it's really crazy right now. How, how that can be, you know, cause, um, but, but I, I personally, I have my house and, uh, my adventure here, here with Safe Moon. And point being is that, you know, uh, like you're talking about a lot of guys homesteading, that's me. Like I'm, I'm sitting here, I'm homesteading, you know, various types of animals like rabbits, chickens, ducks, goats, you know, doing the whole shebang, you know, investing in that. But all my spare money, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a, probably a two percenter in SafeMoon. Um, put a lot of money in SafeMoon. I'm a, I'm, I'm a well and glow. Um, but that's, you know, I, I, I look in these projects and I believe in these projects, but I'm also the guy that's talked about, you know, the safe moon, uh, operating system. I know why it's really talking about what, you know, a safe moon, you know, what an operating system with safe moon blockchain could really be. Like you said, it, it's going to be everywhere in 2025, you know, uh, but people just don't realize how far and how expansive that's going to be. Every, every, everybody who's on the, uh, on the safe moon, um, safe moon ex- or, or decks right now, they're all going to be on the safe moon exchange. And then there's probably going to be a simple migration process to the, sim- to the safe moon blockchain. Everybody that's already approved and already on, on that decks, you know, on that partnership, they're probably going to be 
easily migrated and and I, I don't know if people I don't want to shield or talk about another project, but there was a project called SAR, and it showed that uh, uh, there were simple ways to or to make a, a, a simple um, a simplified smart contract for say like life insurance policies for like when you die and things like that. Uh, imagine a a simplified um, way of making smart contracts with the state moon operating system. In the state moon operating system, operating on Web3, being able, you would be able to access a desktop from your phone, from your tablet, from your uh, VR system. It would all be on the same, uh, you know, the same blockchain. It would all be attached to that same app. The app would be, you know, your your window into that Web3 safe moon blockchain. I mean, there's so much expansive things it could, it can do with you know, like I said, with the, with the app, with with an operating system, uh, just how deep it's really going to go. Like there's there's a lot there that you know, like like I said, you've touched on a lot, but but you know, again, they're going to get into real estate. They've already stated they're in 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 the real real estate, and you know, to what degree is that going to be? You know, so uh, could that be NFTs? You know, uh, could real estate at some point be you know, NFT, could your, could your driver's license and, and deeds to your home and to your car, could those ones, you know, could be NFTs if uh, in a widely adopted blockchain system that maybe, you know, could go statewide. You know, uh, right now you have a lot of problems with these systems through the states that they don't, they don't communicate well with the, well with the blockchain. It would be instantaneous and they would be able to communicate faster. I mean, just, just random ideas. I, I'm, I mean, like I said, man, I, I smoke a lot of weed and I think about like a lot of crazy things, but, um, but I think that, you know, like I said, you know, that you, you talk about a lot of things that, that it can do. And, uh, and I believe, you know, it, like, just like you, that that's where it's going to go. I might be a simple country guy out here doing the, doing the homestead thing, but my heart's really in blockchain. And that's one of those things I study that like, I feel like I'm, you know, one in, you know, probably 10,000 people, 20,000 people around me that even look into wanting to understand, uh, understand it. But, you know, it's like Chicken Little screaming that the, you know, the sky is falling, but, you know, nobody's listening, but it's, but it's happening. It's coming. Stack them, man. Good points. Cause he, he, he Will's, what Will's touching on is how big this is going to get, right? Like this is going to go beyond, like, we're talking about a token right now where we have a wallet, we have a centralized exchange coming, we have the card that's going to be an off ramp. You know, we're going to have these cross chains, we're going to have Connect, which is going to have a POS system that's going to integrate, you know, SafeMoon even more. But what Will's talking about is the long term vision, right? He's talking about blockchain technology. He's talking about, uh, you know, how they can interact with real estate. They can talk. They've talked about how they can uh, do logistics, right? Supply chain. Supply chain's a major issue right now. Now, if you have that on a blockchain, you know exactly when goods and services are coming, right? And you can track it from the beginning to the end. This is where blockchain is going to change the world. It's going to end corruption, not only in the U.S., but in many countries where it's even more prevalent, right? And it's going to create fair opportunities for the people. So there's an intrinsic value in that, but it's also going to stimulate the economy. It's going to make things efficient. It's going to make things fast. It's going to allow for new businesses 
to be established. It's going to allow for a whole new generation of business people and merchants to interact and trade. And it's going to stimulate not only the U.S. economy, but economies all over the world. It's what we've needed for a long time. I mean, we're we're overdue for all of this. And that's why this is going to happen. And the people with the vision of that and they can expand their mind and understand how far this will go are the people that really understand safe living in the future of cryptocurrency. Uh, let's go to Hollow. Hollow, how are you, sir? Good, good. How's it going, I man? I know you're probably at work. Just working. But, uh, <laughs> you always come in, man, uh, consistently. I'd love to hear what you got to talk about tonight. Go ahead. Well, just to touch uh, off of what uh, Will was saying, I I think that John Caroni has a really good understanding of what NFTs are going to be one day. I, I think too many people associate NFTs with art and, and whatnot, but I imagine, and I'm sure you do too, that one day an NFT is going to be tied with everything. From your will and last testament to your house, to your car, to your watch, to the pair of shoes you have on, it'll be tied to an NFT. And that's just the reality. That's how powerful NFTs are. If you listen to the background noise and if you hear what John has said in the past about NFTs and um, the what ifs he talks about and, you know, just in subtle hint drops and this, that and the other thing. He knows, you know, he, I think NFTs are going to be a big part of Safe Moon, you know, and also validations through the blockchain. And one thing that people in America take for granted is freedom. So in other countries, um, like the Gambia, most people are like, I, I don't want to say issued, but they all have a cell phone and they do everything from education to banking to you name it it's all their passport you know now that they got these new uh one world passports and everybody's got to have a passport in other countries and they're trying to do that here but it's all done through the cell phone and that's what john's been i think leaning towards he knows you know being around the block or you know living out in the gambian and a military uh, guy with his parents in the cia i'd imagine but and, and where he grew up. But these other countries, everybody has a cell phone and everybody has to use their cell phone. And I know John with Operation Phoenix, I think there's a great understanding of that and where we're going in, in that direction to become the fuel and the bank of the unbanked and the whole NFT thing. I think it's just, I think it's bigger than, than we can fathom, really. I mean, I, I'm excited. I keep buying not financial advice. I'm waiting. I'm waiting here. I think we're seeing a bit of a dead cat bounce with Bitcoin right now. Uh, I think we're going to continue to go down. And if we do, I'm going to be buying safe one. And that's just how it is. But that's what I think. I, I think NFTs are huger than anybody can even imagine. And once they, once everybody realizes like it's going to end corruption, you know, um, the blockchain, you know what the it, it just I think the blockchain is just more powerful than than people realize. So that's my uh if we got a good one then then we're gonna be golden. I know stack. we got good people working on it. Yeah, stack them on that, man. And and look, uh the key with the NFTs and John's talked about it, fractional NFTs, right? 
of the wind turbines. So you're going to have NFTs tied to energy usage. Energy is the hot thing right now, and it's going to continue to be a big thing. In fact, it's only going to get bigger. Uh, energy is what it's all about. And wind energy is what he's focused on, right? Because you're not paying for wind. He's also talked about developing solar in the future, but he said wind is the best, is the most valuable energy that they can use in this ecosystem, right? So with fractional NFTs, what I envision is that you're going to be able to look at the energy usage on that wind turbine, right, when it's installed in real time through a metaverse application. That's what I believe is coming and linked to this blockchain. And just so people understand, this isn't going to be just a simple one layer blockchain. You're looking at a multi-layer blockchain. You're looking at a layer for transactions, which is going to help the speed. I think you're going to be looking at a layer for the uh, energy usage, uh, wind turbines with the fractional NFTs. Uh, you're going to be looking at a layer that's going to, uh, uh, so that, that would be the two layers. And then there was one other layer that we were looking at with transactions and the energy usage would be two layers of that. I think the third layer was based on, oh, e-commerce. There'd be a third layer based on e-commerce with the card and transactions that you see that might tie into the transactions layer. But that's what you're looking at. You're looking at layers dedicated to each of these, uh, but running on smart energy uh, with that blockchain. Patron, you wanted to chime in? Yeah, yeah. so a couple of things, Huddle. Uh, um, first of all, I think you're right on, man. You know, when you brought in to light, you know, the fact that, you know, John has spoke about the NFTs, how you can actually um, buy and share an NFT of a wind turbine that is producing energy. Um, it, you know, just like you said, Chris, you know, I think he, you know, he saw the future that, you know, soon um, we're going to be able to have to find another way how to produce energy. And, and so, so he's going in the right path. It's not just John Caroni thinking about this, guys. It's all major oil company, Shell, uh, uh, Exxon, Mobil, uh, British Petroleum, you name them. They all have the same vision. So so I think this is really good. So, you know, a company, a te technological company that is thinking of a way how to get ahead of the game. It, I think that's an excellent point that you brought that up. And number two, the second point to, to Will, you said that you smoke weed? We all smoke weed, Will. What's up? Patron, you cut out. No, I, I think, Will, did you say that you smoke weed too? Yeah, bro. I burn, well, so I'm always taking Well, let me tell shit. you, man. Well, let me tell you, I don't know what the heck you're smoking, but keep smoking because uh, your brain is in the <laughs> right direction. Keep doing what you're doing, you know. Fuck the shit about people telling you that the fucking weed is gonna damage your brain. Your brain is bright, so keep doing. Well, appreciate that, bro. I appreciate that, man. Yeah, yeah, man. It, yeah, it keeps me level, and uh, it, it helps with some of the back pain. You know, I got herniated disc uh, in my L five S one that 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 keeps my my legs kind of numb and stuff. So it it, it helps, and uh, but yeah, man. It, I like the I, like Safe Moon man is is really reduced. People get tired of hearing me talk about Safe Moon, but I am like my wife makes me shirts. Like I have custom shirts. 
that uh that my wife makes me um you know so i'm i'm really into it i i have a uh i have a safe moon you know, capsule coming um you know i think it was 1506 or something so you know i'm like i said i'm I'm hardcore into it and uh you know i'm i believe it i believe it is the future like i believe i'm, I'm missed out on dogecoin because i had a 1.4 million dogecoin was about a quarter of a penny and a buddy told me it was a, a bad investment who worked for uh, Merrill Lynch. And uh, I ended up selling and went into some stocks. Needless to say, the stocks crashed and the Dogecoin went to astronomical prices. And I was very depressed. And it wasn't until somebody in a uh, in a Wall Street Bets uh, forum on Facebook had said, hey, you know, go check out SafeMoon. Uh, you have an opportunity to, you know, make 10 times what you missed out on making with Dogecoin. And, uh, and I don't believe they were wrong. I believe they were absolutely right. And, uh, but it got me into DeFi and I, you know, I've understood so much more about DeFi in the time that, you know, I've started to study. Um, you know, I've, I've, I've followed, you know, everybody across Twitter and just looked into everybody's projects. I, you know, I'm, I've invested in some rug pulls. I've made some, you know, good money. I've learned some valuable lessons to do with taxes. Um, I won't go into right now, but there's, you know, I've, I've learned a lot, you know, through, through that time, you know, some learning experiences, but, uh, but safe moon is the one that I've, I've never sold is the one that I always kept, you know, my, my faith in. And now, you know, I have a wallet for every one of my kids Almost every one of my kids have a million in their in their wallet. Uh, my wife has a million in her wallet. Uh, I'm working all of you know my close friends up, you know, that are getting into it. Um, so yeah, Safe Moon Army is growing in my small town. I uh, can't wait till the Safe Moon Connect and where you know we can start getting it advertised to our local businesses to start accepting crypto. Because uh, I don't know if anybody else read any of the legislation coming out uh, i don't know if safe moon is going to be a security or commodity because of how everything's worded but um but if we can spend up to 200 dollars of our reflections daily without being taxed and our local you know stores can can accept that you know like our mom and pop stores for sure i mean i'll be down there buying my feed for my farm on my reflections i'm down with that you know, let's, let's do that, you know, and, and I, I know there would be plenty of them that would convert to that. And, and, you know, once, once, once the ball is rolling like that, you know, there's going to be a lot more people that are going to want to invest, but, you know, and, and, and there's going to be a lot of FOMO. Um, by the time, you know, we do, you know, as some people say, we won't hit Coinbase and crypto.com, but I say by the time we do, which will likely be after our exchange and blockchain, you know, it's, it's going to be, you know, that's going to be too late. We're going to be at a 50 billion or a hundred billion dollar market cap. And that's, you know, I, I honestly believe that's where we're going. I mean, you know, five years, we possibly could be one of the top three, if not better. I mean, it's not, you know, it, it, the game can always change. You know, the king can always be dethroned. You know, look at, you know, Amazon dethroned, um, eBay. I think that was talked about the other day. You know, like there's different, you know, we, I believe Safe Moon is that, that next, you know, that next Google, that new, that next Amazon, you know, I've been, I've been, my dad was heavily into, 
technology. Like I remember when, you know, little handheld devices for blackberries was a thing. You know, I remember building my first computer, you know, with, you know, 200 megahertz computer, you know, that was the shit, you know, you didn't have, you know, that, that was fa- that's something fast back then. We are evolving, you know, you just have to kind of pay attention to the signs. The signs are there. Yeah, man. I remember those days being building those computers with 200 megahertz. So uh, yeah, man, I, I hear you, man. Great points, big guy. Love it. Yeah, well, it's good to hear from you, man. <laughs> yeah, no, no problem. Yeah, Kittles on 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 uh, on uh, Twitter, man. I just kind of got a little more vocal tonight, man. It's my first, you know, person really coming out and getting vocal. You know, we talked about the Globus thing before and whatnot, and uh, but yeah, everything. I'm, I'm trying to get more comfortable up here on the mic and trying to come strong and um, and bring my story and, and let everybody know that you know there's there's average average guys like us out here in the woods that, you know, like to shoot guns and drive, you know, drive four wheelers and have a homestead farm and, and believe in the, you know, believe in the change of that's coming. I mean, I know a lot of people around me don't, but you know, like I'm going to be that guy that are like, Oh man. Yeah. He was right. You know, like, you know, that's going to be cool for me. You know, my small little town, you know, 30,000, 40,000 people. I'm going to be that guy. That's the great part about all of this. It doesn't matter where you are, right? In a small town, big town, wherever you are, you got you got an opportunity here, right? And on, on Doge, you know, uh, it's not going to be at that level you saw it before, but hell, it did get down to five cents. It could run again. I, I think safe room's the best opportunity, but I think that there's a lot that's going to take off here once this bull market returns. It's going to be prolonged. I think we're looking at 12 months or more, but hey, it, I think everything's going to come back. Let's do this. Let's go back to Hoddle. I think he wanted to make a point. Go ahead, Hoddle. Uh, I was just going to piggyback off of what you said. Like uh, anybody that's been paying attention to what John has said in the past, uh, he's all about trying to figure out the transaction speeds when it comes to the layers of the blockchain. I was just pretty much agreeing with you. And um, I know that transactions, the TPS, uh, is, is going to be huge. And, you know, if the blockchain's done right, I think, uh, I think we got nothing to worry about. And I think he's got the right guys on it. So it's good to see they're still hiring. And with Coinbase laying off 18% of their workforce, and, you know, maybe they'll apply it safe moon. So <laughs> looks like we're going to have our pick of the litter. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think we're going to have a lot that's going to happen here. And, 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 Look, I think they're focused on getting the utility out this year, and we've touched on it so much with the exchange and connect and and uh, the card. But that's all going to set up the precursor to what we really want to be in a tech company. And they'll need the exchange and blockchain before we do that, you know. But once that gets done, that's when you're going to start to see the innovation. Uh, let's do this. Let's go to J5, and then we'll go to Spencer. And then we'll go to uh, Mr. Nunez. Go ahead, J5. Chris, damn song Patron. How y'all doing, doing tonight? Doing great, man. I can feel the energy all What's around. up, brother? Holy shit, man. I cannot come behind that dude, Will, ever again, dude. Like, it, man, where have you been for, like, all my life? You're a man after my heart, bro. 420 all the fucking way. And... <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, I love you, you, bro. I love you, man. I, I've listened to you, I, man, and uh, <laughs> and you you actually inspired me to get up here. Honestly, I want to be real about that because I've listened to you get up here a couple of times, and you come real strong, man. I appreciate it. Word, brother, man. That that man, you are a smart dude, man. I don't know why you be lurking in the fucking shadows, man. Like. I need to hear you like six fucking months ago, man. Like on this show right here, this show is the, is the reason why I'm probably like, maybe you said a two percenter, but I'm, I'm going to go with like a, I might be in the one percenter, you know, cause I'd be, I'd be grinding, man. I'm trying to stack them fucking chips, man. So, uh, I don't know, man. Um, Chris, damn son, Patron, man, everything y'all been saying about this fucking economy, man, you know, uh, I think y'all are right, man. Like, uh, it's, it's, it's getting to be really tough times. You know, I have a pretty stable fucking job out there. And, uh, and even, e- even though I have a good job, I have to work a lot of overtime. You know, uh, I, I got, uh, the third coat of paint in the tank today. And, uh, I got two more coats of paint to go on this nuclear tank, man. So I got a little bit more work ahead of me, probably another week or so. Move on to another job. I'm gonna keep grinding because I can't fucking wait till payday next week so I can stack my chips, my bag even more because I am bullish. It, it, you know, everything, it, it, all the stars are fucking lining up, man. Uh, with, with with the way, just everything is with Saint Moon and everything that's gonna come out. I think I think y'all are calling it correct. Like you say, everybody can always come back to the show. And, and, and see what the fuck y'all talking about, because a lot of times y'all predict a lot of shit. Um, I'd say probably 99% of the time y'all y'all predict it, y'all call it, y'all see it the way it is, you know. Yes, this fucking economy is uh, it's a little jacked up right now. I think you're right. The Fed's kind of like, they lollygagged around. They should have been fucking on this shit. Shit wouldn't be so as bad as it is, you know. I'm up in the city, five dollars a gallon. Yeah, that may not be a lot to a lot of people, because uh, they may be paying six, seven dollars a fucking gallon. But I, I don't know, man. I'm on a rant because my man Will has me fucking hyped because that dude came strong to the fucking mic. And again, like I'm gonna say, uh, it's a blessing to be here with y'all. And uh, I don't know. I, I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm gonna get more same moon next week. Promise that. Uh, Wojak always comes on here talking about he going to make buys if things get right. I'm going to make some buys, too. I'm going to make some serious buys next week because I put in a lot of fucking overtime. And I, I'm I'm going to build this bag. And if it does go fucking lower, I'm going to build it even stronger. I, it's going to be, you know, if anybody heard me speak back in the day, yeah, I'm trying to get to one million, a little two million, a little five million. Well, you know what? If it keeps going lower, I'm just going to keep stacking this bag and I'll be at 25, 30 fucking million. Trust that if it goes this fucking low, because some predict it to maybe lose a zero. You know, I mean, some people say uh, Bitcoin may go down to 16 fucking thousand. Ethereum may go down to 750 fucking dollars. Hey, if it does work as much as you can, uh, Eat ramen fucking noodle. I don't give a flying fuck what you got to do. Because in three to five years, you're going to eat fucking filet mayong and goddamn big ass prawns. So y'all have a blessed night. It's, it's good to be here with y'all tonight. I don't know. My man Will might be the new fucking Wonka. So y'all, y'all take care.
stack them. And look, man, this is the bottom line. If it gets down, and he was talking about losing the zero, I think you mean gaining the zero. But if it gets down into even, I think, the twos, which I don't know. I mean, we don't know what's going to happen. The market's going to follow Bitcoin. But let's just say this gets down even in the twos where you're getting like a million for, I don't know, 250, 300 bucks. I think you're going to see people buy the hell out of it. If it ever gets down to that point where you're getting a million for a hundred bucks, you're going to see the army absolutely respond. People are just waiting to pull that trigger at that point. Everybody's locked and loaded on that. So you damn right. They're going to be waiting to pull that trigger when that comes. It probably won't last very fucking long because you, like you said, this army is strong. I mean, if it does, man, I, I, I know some guys that are just waiting to see like they're in it, but they're waiting to see, you know, what Bitcoin does. And if Bitcoin ends up breaking, you know, below 20, then you start to see, you know, SafeMoon's held up pretty well through all of this. I mean, obviously it's going to go down, but we're still in the fours, solidly in the fours. It's held up a lot better than other projects. But if you start to see a drop where it gets down in that twos level, look, the last time they activated one third of the LP, we were in that two eight range. If you see this go down in the twos, that's going to be to me, the opportunity that we've never seen, right? And I think people are waiting to see if that happens. It may never, it might not get to that point. I I do think you might see the threes if you see Bitcoin go lower, but if this gets down to the twos, the ones, uh, without even gaining a zero, just in that one to two range, I think you're going to see people absolutely hit it hard. And like you said, that might not last long. That might last an hour or less. But <laughs> you'll see the army hit that bait pretty hard at that point, I think. And I think you'll see new holders hit it too. I mean, right now we're just under 700,000 holders. Last I checked, we were about 675,000 holders. Uh, I, I think we'll gain holders. I mean, I can see us closing out the year at 800,000 holders. Especially with utility being released, it, it could be in the nine hundred thousand range, right? Uh, but it, if that happens, like you said, people are going to hit it hard. Uh, let's go to Spencer. Go ahead, Spencer. Good evening, guys. Um, just uh, you know, we can table the the topic if you want. But I read or saw a pretty cool interview with Kevin O'Leary. I don't know if a lot of people are familiar with him, or some people, you know. You know, trust in what he's saying, but he made a lot of valid points, at least to me, as far as what we can expect. And what he had to say just made me even more bullish. I mean, he touched on um, some things about where a major player is will more than likely go to zero. And that's not necessarily a bad thing because the retracement will be amazing. Um, he was also talking about the fact that, you know, it will, you know, this is going to shake out a lot of the weaker projects and the strong ones are going to survive. And we're all part of a very strong project. I mean, it's, they get stronger every day. So, and, um, God, there was another thing he was talking about. I, I shared it and it was like 15 minutes long and it was just, it was just a great phenomenal interview. And then if you get a chance to check it out, you can go to my Twitter feed. I put a link there, but it's, uh, you know, it's definitely, um, you know, I think uh, the main point is that crypto 
is going to be stronger in the, the long term rather than, you know, you got to have a little forward thinking and not just think about what's happening to it right now. But where we're going to end up being is, you know, as a DeFi community as a whole, rather than just our individual projects that where they're sitting right now. Good point, Spencer. And he asked me a question and a message I didn't get to. Uh, and I think it's easier just to go through it on the show, too. I prefer, like, if you guys ask me questions, I think what you'll see now is I'll just address it on the show because then I can answer it for as many people as possible. Okay, I remember. You were asking me about the supply, right? Yeah. Like, where I, mean, I see if, the supply. Yeah, yeah, I mean, if we organically, you know, because we're going, I mean, if we just stay sideways and it's a crypto winter for 24 months and we're, you know, continually eating away at that supply, what kind of, and we come out into a bull market and we've got our supply down to 350 million, 250 million. What kind of action are we, you know, the price increase I think is going to be astronomical when we hit that. And the FOMO on top of that is going to be huge, in my opinion. But uh, what do you think? I don't think it's going to take two years or more. Uh, first thing. So let's start with this. Supply right now is at 475 billion, right? Now, we still have two thirds of the liquidity pool to move, which is going to drop the circulating supply by about 74 billion. That's a major chunk. So then right now you're looking at once that happens, that's going to put the supply at about 400 billion, right? But then you also have an exchange coming out that's going to be major volume. You're going to have the card that's going to also contribute to the volume. You're going to have connect with that POS system, e-commerce. That's going to take some time to get running, but that's going to contribute to the volume. I think, let's see, we're in June of 2022. I think by June of 2023, that will be at 300 billion or less in terms of supply. Uh, now, based on the volume in the exchange, that's going to be the critical component of that. 300 billion or less is a conservative number. I think if things really start clicking with the exchange and we get mass adoption where we become a top 10 exchange in the next year, which is entirely possible, then you could easily see a supply of 200 billion or less. Uh, and it could even go down quicker than that. I mean, we, we start getting a billion in volume a day. Uh, you're going to burn multiple billions a week. Uh, so if it really takes off, I mean, you could get, you, Theoretically, you could get down to 100 billion or less within a year. I know that's, you know, we're only talking a year. So two years, I mean, I got to believe in two years time, we're under 100 billion supply. I don't see how that's not possible with all the utility and everything lining up that way. What are your thoughts on that, Spencer? Um, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, it's, it's really, I mean, even though the market's down right now. I think it just makes the possibilities of what SafeMoon can accomplish even that more exciting. And that, you know, makes me more bullish than ever, knowing that, you know, we do have a future. And, um, you know, if it comes in a year, two years, or five years, it's coming one way or the other. We're, you know, just got to, just got to believe and keep buying and keep spreading the word and trying to get other people back into it or into it. From the get-go, I mean, I've got my son into it. You know, it's like, hey, don't miss out because you're going to miss the boat. And, and then once it's too late, it's too late. 
it's better to be early than late. I was probably even earlier on it than most. Uh, you know, one of the guys I work with says, you're just early. You see things ahead of time. That's fine. Uh, but the way I look at it is this. Uh, everything kind of equals out, right? And the reality is it's a pain in the ass to wait. Nobody likes to wait. Nobody likes to be patient for things to, to take place. We're all very patient. We've been extremely patient you know, for over a year, and we're waiting on the utility at this point, right? I mean, that's coming. We all know that. But the reality is, it actually benefits us for the price to be lower. Because if the price is lower, you're going to have more buying activity, you're going to have faster burning of the circulating supply. And I think you're going to have new holders that are going to join the community. I think that's all going to happen based on a lower price. Uh, and I think you're going to have more adoption based on that. Uh, and then you're going to have projects failing. So when projects fail, people are going to leave a project and they're going to go, okay, what can I put my money in now and make up for this loss, right? Uh, and that, I think you'll have more people. So I think the community is going to grow. I think it's going to be very uh, obvious that this is a legitimate project uh, through a crypto winner. So there's some things that are an advantage. It's just about persistence and patience when you're going through that. So I know you agree on all that. All right. Go ahead. The longer it takes, the bigger the opportunities. So. Yeah. And that's just about discipline at that point, right? Because, you know, you're going to have people telling you that you're in the wrong investment. But if you're disciplined and you stick with it, then I believe you're rewarded. Go ahead, Spence. Okay, looks like he's done. Hey, go ahead, Chris. Yeah. Hey, also, keep in mind that uh, you, you said it, you know, uh, the utilities. And, you know, and we know there are coming. And I just hope that we can get the, the exchange out sometime soon uh, before the, um, the economy starts getting back into, into its feet especially when people start reinvesting again into cryptocurrencies. Because once we have the exchange and people start reinvesting again, because, you know, people are going to have to have more confidence to start reinvesting in, you know, Ethereum, Bitcoin, you name all those um, cryptocurrencies. Well, with the exchange, that's going to produce some massive volume through all the exchanges. And for us to have our exchange out, it's going to benefit us a whole lot. So I, I think uh, that's a great point there. Yeah, and I think the key to the exchange is what they saw ahead of time, right? They focused on the charts. They focused on the colors. They focused on making it everyone proof so that you can have people that are new to cryptocurrency that can join this exchange and feel like they can use it with relative ease. That's going to give you a major advantage. And then if we want to go even deeper into that, you got the SEC looking into these exchanges right now, right? In terms of insider trading, that seems to be a focus of Gary Gensler and crew right now. So if you start to have fines on these exchanges, right? And they're cutting employees. I mean, look at Coinbase. They just cut their employees by 18%, right? The, uh, Somebody had a tweet today. I'm trying to remember who it was. They said, it doesn't make sense to me. They spent, you know, multiple millions of dollars on a Super Bowl ad 
And then, you know, four months later, they cut their workforce by 18%. Are people going to want to be invested in a Coinbase? Are people going to want to be invested in these exchanges that are having investigations for insider trading? Right. Or if you look at the SEC with Binance right now, they're focusing on Binance.us. And the issue there is the ICOs that were tied to the blockchain. They're saying that that was a competitive advantage that shouldn't have occurred. Right. Uh, all these things aren't going on with SafeMoon. SafeMoon can't be, you know, accused of insider trading because they don't have an exchange that's operating yet. SafeMoon can't be accused of having ICOs tied to their blockchain because it's never happened. Uh, SafeMoon's focused on regulations, laws, EU money license, doing all these things to line this up legally. And these exchanges that were already active are facing the legal hurdles and compliance challenges that SafeMoon's prepared for. So now you have the ability to launch an exchange and if it's clicking on all cylinders, you have a unique opportunity where you're going to be able to conduct business and look good in the SEC's eyes, right? And that's going to lead to greater consumer confidence and people are going to use that exchange. So that's a big deal, too. That's something else we can talk a lot about. Uh, let's go to Mr. Nunez. Go ahead, Nunez. Hey Chris, hey Damson, uh, hey Patron, J5, Will, um, hope everyone is doing great, Safe Moon Army. Um, yeah, it's such, so, so much good news that I've been listening in. Um, I do agree from the beginning uh, that uh, Safe Moon has been ahead of the game, um, especially speaking about the windmills. Uh, we've been needing renewable energy, something that Elon Musk has been using as well. I think a lot more companies, of course, are going with it. Um, so I definitely know SafeMoon is going in the right direction. And I swear every time I'm driving somewhere and I see a damn uh, windmill, first thing I think of is uh, SafeMoon. Um, another thing too, Will, uh, I do uh, I do believe, man, that you actually uh, motivated me, man. Because, you know, in the beginning when I was uh, hoping that SafeMoon, uh, you know, took off right away when I first got in last year, I was already looking at mansions and shit, you know. But, um, but now with the economy and with the, you know, how everything is looking shitty, the more and more I look at it, the more and more I want is land, um, especially with farming and, you know, growing your own crops. I don't know. It's just something. It's just uh, something more. It's interesting. It's getting me more interested into doing, you know, my own thing now. Um, so I'm really grateful that you, you know, came on. Um, and I do believe SafeMoon will reach 50 to 100 billion. But um, just like uh, Chris was mentioning, you know, within time next year, conservatively, if it does run to 300 uh, billion tokens, um, imagine even if we're just at, you know, 10 to $20 billion market cap, man, we're looking at, I, I can't, I don't even have my calculator right now. Cause I'm, I'm talking to you guys. Um, I wish I can do the numbers, but, um, but even in two years, you know, during in two years, which is the next Bitcoin having SafeMoon can even definitely even be higher, you know, close to that 50 to hundred, but we'll be at a close to a hundred billion, uh, coins, uh, coin circulating supply, which of course that price of SafeMoon it's going to be even passing a dollar, man. We're looking at what I, 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 I'm taking a guess here, guys. But if you know, if you guys grab the calculator, you know, 100 billion, 100 billion coin circulating supply, uh, with a market cap of 50 to 100, I, I think it's at about 10 to 20 bucks. Um, so you know, if you're holding over a million coins, you know, um, you know, just uh, it's quite a shitload of money. Um, 
but that's just hypothetically speaking. We don't know where we're going to go for right now. So, you know, of course, me, what I've been mentioning is dollar cost averaging is the way just what you can afford to lose and, you know, not worry. Um, also, another thing that I seen today was uh, John Caroni with his buddy. I forgot his name, but, you know, John Caroni looked happy. Doesn't look like he has a worry on his wherever. Scott, I mean, Scott Paul. Scott Paul. Thank you. Um, Scotty Coin. That's what I remembered. You know, he, he looked happy, man. He looks like he has no worry. Um, whatever's going on in the market. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's just, you know, it's giving me more confidence. Um, next thing is, uh, you know, with the economy looking horrible with mass layoffs from a shit ton of companies, you know, they're basically preparing for the recession. Um, so I do believe that we are going to still, you know, another fall right now. It looks like it's, uh, uh, what is it? A cat, uh, cat bounce. Um, uh, that's the, the wording dead anyway, cat, dead, cat dead cat bounce. Thank you, Chris. Yes. Yeah, so. That's what it's looking like, man. All of a sudden, we went from 5 to 10% jumping in Bitcoin and a bunch of altcoins. I just feel like it's a dead cat bounce. Um, so I'm not really too excited. I mean, I'm not putting in no money. Um, it's been uh, one hell of a week, like I said, for the you know the, the crypto market. Um, I hope everyone is doing well. Um, I had some great news this week. My settlement finally came in. Um, you know, finally found a new place. Uh, job is calling me back uh, for the Department of Defense sending me to Singapore. I'm hoping I can shout out to Binance. So what's up when they're going to list safe moon. Um, so we'll see what happens there. But, uh, but yeah, even like uh, J five said, man, I'm still eating ramen until we moon until my underwears have holes. Shit. I ain't buying nothing. All I'm buying is nothing but safe. Moon. <laughs> <laughs> For real. Um, another thing, uh, let's see what else I got. I've been taking notes, man. Um, and as you said too, Chris, utility will bring more holders. Um, I do definitely feel that this is going to be the market where, you know, all a lot of altcoins are not going to make it and people will be taking their money and finding, on you know, another safe token, you know, another uh, a, a good investment. And I know SafeMoon is going to be there. Um, you know, I love my reflections, whether we sell, whether we go up or down. I'm just I love my compound interest. There's just something about. And honestly, the reflections, guys, just a reminder. Not sure if you remember, but Gandalf did speak about this, that the reflections is just like staking, but it's off the exchanges. So, you know, the longer we're holding, the more volume that comes in, the more reflections we're receiving. So it's basically like staking, but we don't have to keep it on any exchange. So we don't have to worry about any of our money being frozen or you know, we won't be having any access, you know, as long as we got on a, on a safe moon wallet or on a trust, well, trust wallet, I don't have trust wallet, I only got my own safe moon wallet, but, uh, you know, as long as you guys keep it off the exchanges, I really feel that we're safe. Um, and another thing too, man, we're still waiting on Mandela with the Glowtox and these other exchanges that are working on Glowtox. So I'm still, you know, still waiting. I'm, I'm being patient. It doesn't matter. I mean, once these Glowtox kicks in, uh, we're definitely going to see more reflections because of the volume that's flowing in from the exchanges. It's going to be coming into our wallets. Um, and especially we're still waiting on SafeMoon Connect, SafeMoon Exchange, um, you know, other utilities. Um, and uh, and another last thing I took note on here is that with SafeMoon being in the U.S., I think it is going to help with regulation. I think SafeMoon is going to is going doing everything by the book. Um, again, that's why I feel so safe with SafeMoon, especially being in the U.S. There's just something about it that's just... Uh, just makes me feel safe about everything you know and especially there's like you know they're open about you know mostly everything that i know of you know it looks like they're open about it you know they're not you know afraid they're not hiding anything that i know of i mean everything looks legit but um but i'm still dollar cost averaging man like i said right now i got some money put aside i'm just waiting you know if it goes down to the threes i'm jumping and if it goes even lower i'm jumping i'm taking advantage of this opportunity like i said my next goal was 10 million which i'm close to 
And after that, it's going to be 100 million, man, whether or not. I mean, that's how everybody is. But I don't know. I just know that Safe Moon is going to take off. I feel it. I know it. Um, I know everyone probably feels differently. But, you know, those are my two senses, man. I'm, I'm just hope that everyone, uh, you know, just stays positive and, you know, just keep yourself informed. You know, I mean, just not just not in Safe Moon, but just in the crypto market itself. Keep in, keep in mind with everything that all the shit that's going on is, is what's affecting. Um but yeah, I mean, it's just as long as we keep ourselves informed. I mean, we shouldn't really have to worry too much, man. Just as long as we're patient, that's all that matters. Those are my senses, my two senses. And let me say this too, real quick. Uh, on the math, we got to check because we got to make sure that we're giving accurate math out with market cap, supply, all that. I think our focus should be on Safe Moon getting to one cent, right? Which yes. I think is entirely possible. And, and, and I believe. Then once it gets to one cent, then I think we can travel up to a dollar. And from there, it's just a matter of how fast this explodes. Right. Yep. So that's how we got to look at it. When we get into like the 10 and $20, I'm not saying that that can't happen, but we got to be very accurate on that. And we're not going to provide financial advice, but I think the cent is going to be the key moment. Once this gets to one penny, then I think this will t start to really take off. So. And for sure, for sure, for one penny, guys, remember, it's 479 billion circulating supply with a market cap of five billion. It's one penny for sure. I could I, I know I can vouch for that. I've done the math. Now, of course, as a circulating supply dwindles, you know, that's where we got to do the math. But again, right now, like you said, I'm keeping my goal is at least 10 million to 100 million, because right there, if we, if we hit a penny, guys, that's between $100,000 to $1 million in your pocket. If you're holding between 10 million and 100 million coins um, with that circulating supply of 479 billion. But once that, you know, dwindles down, guys, to 300 billion and 100 billion, then, of course, you you know, you'll see the price dramatically rise. But uh, but like Chris said, a penny is, I think, what we should actually focus on, which I am as well. Uh, four hundred and seventy-nine billion circling supply. Um, five billion yeah, market cap. Supply right now is four hundred and seventy-five point two six billion. Oh, four seventy-five. Okay. Yep. And then with the two-thirds liquidity pool movement, which we touched on earlier in the show, that's going to reduce the circulating supply by approximately seventy-four billion. So then I think you're looking at a supply right around four hundred billion. There you go. To four hundred one. Yeah. Perfect. So, all it right. might even get under 400, like 399 range, depending on the burn between now and the LP movement. Perfect. Yeah. So, I mean, as long as everything continues on, I think I have no worries. I mean, I'm just keeping an eye. I'm just looking out for the penny. But either way, I'm holding on for another year or two until that circulating supply dwindles to like the one to 200s, guys. That's going to be the real game changer. That's going to be the game changer for our lives, honestly. That's when we're going to be eating a filet mignon, right, J5? <laughs> Damn right, we're gonna eat that fillet. Hell yeah! And something else, guys, too that the the Chris you brought up, you know, like all this laid off by you know Coinbase, and I'm not sure. I think Crypto.com also talked about yep. laying off people. Yeah, they did too. Go ahead. Uh, so I, I think that this also is a great opportunity for uh, not just Safe Moon, but you know, all crypto in general to the hire some of these people that probably their projects are looking for people and uh you know that they can get the right person in line and be able to help the projects out so i think it's like this is a good opportunity 
uh, I don't see this as a bad thing. You know, hopefully, I, oh, it's a bad thing that they lost their job, but, you know, I'm pretty sure that they can find something quick soon. Yeah, I want to see everybody land on their feet. They got laid off, right? They got laid off. That doesn't mean that they weren't great employees. It just means they decided to cut their workforce. And some of these people were two, three months into a job and have very valuable skills, right? Uh, so, as you said, I, I want to see people get hired and I want to see crypto expand. And hopefully it's a blessing in disguise, right? Where they got some experience at a Coinbase or a crypto.com. And they end up joining a project like Safe, right? Where their skills are utilized even better. That's what I hope. Go ahead, Will. So, uh, so I worked in customer service. I did customer service for uh, Xbox. I used to work for MSN. Uh, did some time with Verizon, uh, some other cable company. And in uh, customer service, man, it, it's it's definitely it's it's got its. Uh, it's got its ups and downs and everything and, and its ins and outs and just depending on, you know, what kind of customer service guys we're, we're looking at or, or what they're kind of, you know, developed over because a lot of those tools, you know, they do seem interchangeable, but for SafeMoon, they are going to have completely new tools. And I know what it's like to have completely new tools because I've had the tools and had to write the, the training manuals for tools and teach guys how to, you know, to be empathetic on the phone or, how to speak and, and, and the, you know, just, just t- certain technical lingo and things of that nature. Uh, but you know, the, the thing I want to, I want to get at is that, you know, we, uh, they've talked a little bit about who they have been, uh, kind of partnered with, I guess, for taxes. I don't know if anybody's done their taxes with Coinbase and had to port over their CSV file and things like that yet. Um, and then you have ones for your private wallet, like you can do with one of these other, you know, coin trackers or whoever. I don't know, man, whatever anybody uses. But, uh, but SafeMoon's going to have their own one they're partnered with and they're all sitting there already, you know, with their lawyers or their people in, in, in these, these partnerships waiting to see what the regulations are going to be passed. And they're waiting. And so what you're going to be when you're, you know, your KYC with your SafeMoon exchange. They're going to be handling your taxes, I think, and they're going to probably have some kind of promotions and things like that. But uh, Taxbit is the name of the company. Yeah, tax. There you go, Taxbit. I'm sure they're going to have all that stuff ready for you, but they're all waiting for all the regulation. You know, we're waiting for these bills, you know, to pass or whatever. But as soon as all that's done, you know, you're, you're going to, you know, you're going to be KYC with SafeMoon, and you're not going to have to worry about these lawsuits like, you know, Coinbase or whoever, you know, because they're already sitting here waiting to have it all lined up and all ready to go. You know, that's that, that's that protection. That's that value of safe is you're going with them because they are already ready for that next step. Yeah. I think that's that's a great point. I think they're organized and prepared in a different manner and they're setting a standard where you're, you're going to be able to have your money with SafeMoon in that exchange. And you're going to, you're right, they're way ahead of the game because they're handling it legally for you where you're going to be able to handle your taxes. And then a lot of people are underestimating the power of this card, right? Because that's going to be your off-ramp. You don't have to sell SafeMoon when this takes off. You can use that card and have a 2.5% transaction fee. 
And when this starts to really take off, and we're talking a lot of money, there's a huge difference between 2.5% using that card and 10% on a sell. So they envisioned this, and they said, look, when this thing takes off, and we start to get to one cent and 10 cents and then, you know, 50 cents and then a dollar. The natural reaction is people are going to take some profits, right? So how do we enable a system where people aren't going to sell off on this and take profits? Well, we have the card as the off ramp and we're going to incentivize people to use this card and have, you know, four times less of a fee, right? So one fourth of the fee that you would have in selling this. Uh, we're going to give you that advantage by using the card. And we don't even know about incentives of using the card, right? I believe that they'll have additional incentives and partnerships with businesses where when you use that card, it will incentivize you even further, which is really smart and really prepared. Uh, Dan, your thoughts on that? And then we're going to go to Les. Go ahead, Dan. Man, um, We've had some great speakers tonight. You know, Will, you had me at uh, shooting guns and riding four-wheelers, brother. Um, You know, he's made some great points. J5, Spencer, Nunez. I mean, I love hearing from all of you. Um, Yeah, the card, it's ingenious when you think about it's a reflection token. You know, that's the goal is to uh, have passive income. And to be able to offboard that in any way you choose, whether it's spending it, um, you know, on day-to-day items, spending it on bills, electric bills, however you choose to use that card, it makes complete sense to um, have that vision in advance. You know, John hasn't let us down yet. You know, I, I always say he's batting a thousand. You know, he's delivered on every single thing that he said he would. Um You know, Charles with Cardano, he has spoken many times um, here recently about how he was glad, he's happy that we're going into a bear market because that's when your innovation occurs. You know, when you have that need for competition, it's forced, forced innovation. You know, we didn't see a lot of that um, during the bull cycle. Um, We saw a lot of repetition. We saw a lot of projects that leaned on marketing and not innovation. Um, You know, a lot of us were tired of that. And I believe this is going to bring about a lot of innovation. Many of the things that um, Will spoke about, things that Patron spoke about, things that Chris has spoke about, they're going to be forced to happen. You know, we have glow talks. A lot of the exchanges um, we've speculated are failing. I personally have speculated that that's a result of them selling tokens off chain um, that they don't have trading those and then settling up on those um, when it benefits them, when the price is low. Um, And now they've had a massive run on those exchanges to withdraw funds. Many of them were not liquid. Um, We've seen some massive losses with Coinbase. Um, We've seen recent investigations into Binance. Um, We've seen other small exchanges just outright fail. And this is just in the past two weeks. So I think being that John has said from the very beginning, their focus was on compliancy 
doing things right, not delivering a half-assed project, um, being sure that the exchange works. I mean, they've taken a lot of time to do this. He's brought on people that have decades of experience in this space. may not be in crypto, but they certainly have decades of experience in project management. Um, So I believe, you know, we have a lot of products we know are getting ready to drop. Um, We have things um, that we've talked about, like NFTs, fractional NFTs that Chris spoke about. A lot of these things, we know this market is going to completely change. We know tech is going to go through a massive change. It's going to be forced. We know that our entire economy is going, going to go through a massive change. So what does that look like, fractional NFTs? I mean, let's say you have an NFT for land. What does that look like, fractionalized? Can many people now own part of that land? Can it be traded through an NFT? You're going to hear arguments that that's not legal, that titling currently wouldn't accommodate that. But that doesn't mean that's the way it's always going to be. What does that look like for music? If you have fractional NFTs with music, can many people now, many people in the public, retail investors, Can they now own a portion of that music, that song? Can they own a portion of that? With uh, movies, you have decentralized uh, movie production companies like A-Nation, for instance. That's a project that recently came out. If you have an NFT for a movie, can many people in the public now own a portion of that movie? So there's a lot of things that maybe our current foundation in business, it it doesn't align, it doesn't support. But our current foundation in business didn't support crypto 20 years ago. Look where it's at. Look at the market cap overall that it was at, at the peak. I mean, it's, it's insane. You have massive institutions trading in it. Wasn't even thought about 20 years ago. So, yeah, there's been some great points. Um, it's great when you can come on a show and start out talking about some things that are um, very negative, the current state of the economy. Um, we do that because we want to present it um, as it is. We don't want to paint a uh, bullshit picture to our audience. And then to immediately see the army come up, shrug it off, and they're not having any of it, man. Um, that's great. You know, it's like a quarterback that you, you tell before the game, I want you to be careful. You need, we need you the rest of the season. Don't go out here and here and get hurt. First play, he, he takes the ball. There's nothing open and he tucks it, runs over every damn one on the line, you know, freaking stiff arms, the 300 pound lineman and runs it in for a touchdown. I mean, what do you say to that? You know, but that's the army, man. I love you all. Yeah, let me say this, too, because I think and I call this guy, I'm going to call him the forgotten guy, because I think he is the forgotten guy in the Safe Moon Project. But Lynn Sprags, you talk about experience and blockchain technology. I mean, we're talking at least 30, 40 years. I'll have to go back and look at his credentials. But you're talking about a guy that did work with the White House, the U.S. Joint Chiefs of Staff, you know, expert in blockchain technology. 
and is able to decipher and figure out, you know, issues with a blockchain faster than many people. I'm not going to get into specifics, but I can just tell you that his ability to pinpoint uh, how to fix an issue and how to get things running is, is it's, it's been seen. People are aware of him and his expertise and having him on the project to oversee things is a major, major issue. It's a major feat for SafeMoon, right? And then within that, you have other people too that are on that dev team, but you need somebody with that experience that has worked on major projects, okay, to look and oversee a blockchain of this magnitude that's multi-layered, right? And, you know, he has that ability. Uh, it's not somebody that's going to be in the public. It's not somebody that wants to be discussed, right? So I'll call him the forgotten guy, but he's a major integral part of what they're developing here. So I just want everybody to understand that if you're not aware of that. Let's go to Les, and then we're going to go to Izzy. Les, you've been waiting a long time. Thanks for your patience. Go ahead, Les. Hello. I don't know if I can be heard. Am I here? I can okay. hear you. It's just a little hey. low, if you can speak up just a little bit. Is that better? That is much, much better. Go ahead, Les. All right. Great. Thanks, Chris, for bringing me up. And uh, my hello to Danson, to Patron. J5, Will, I mean, you guys, the amount of knowledge that you guys impart to this audience, every time you do this show, I just, my mind gets blown sometimes. I'm just like, oh my God, I just keep learning more and more. And the more that I listen and the more that I buy and the more that I'm involved, the more convinced I am, time goes on, that we're going to see this thing through. And this thing is going to be a big thing. It's going to be huge, right? I have all the confidence in the world. Um, and one thing that I really like that I wanted to touch on a couple things real quick, but I really like the fact that we do have that, you know, 10%, you know, the uh, the tax, as they call it, that prevents people from just buying and, and selling willy-nilly. I think that's something that's so unique with this project that that's going to help prevent a lot of the uh, the volatility that we might otherwise see. And the fact that this community, like I've been looking around, I'm invested in many different cryptos, and I don't see the amount of engagement uh, with the projects that I'm seeing with SafeMoon. I think SafeMoon has got, in my opinion, at least from my vantage point, one of the strongest communities that you can find. I mean, bar none. You guys are just amazing. And that's what's going to really carry us through, in my opinion. I mean, you could have the greatest project in the world, but if you got no one behind it, what, what good's your project, right? But here we sit. Even in a market like this, even with everything else going around, and we're still bullish about it. Everyone that I that I, is involved, at least. Now, here's here's what I've been trying to work on a couple things. You talked about you know how to pull the triggers that were right. You're waiting for that that good moment, and uh, there's probably many ways to skin a cat, as it were. But I personally am thinking the best method would be to just get some cash into your um, like in my case, I use Coinbase to purchase my uh, my Binance coin and then do all the swapping. So my thought is, is I'll just keep adding cash to that until the moment comes that I want to pull the trigger. And then I can, you know, can go about it that way as opposed to, you know, just trying to like buy, like, let's say the Binance coin and then hope that it doesn't go down while you're waiting for the safe moon to get to the price point that you're wanting to pull the trigger. 
I mean, I don't know if you guys have thoughts on that, but that's kind of my my thoughts on it. And then uh, second thing I wanted to talk about real quick is when I approach people, because I love this project so much that I show people, I think the wallet is a really good, uh, I wouldn't call the marketing tool, but if you take your phone and you're, you meet someone and you want to start talking about SafeMoon, which I do quite a bit now, I love to just say, hey, check out the number and I'll show them the number of tokens, right? And I'll say, focus on this number. And then I'll wait, you know, maybe 15 seconds or so, and then I'll refresh it. And I'll say, did that number go up? And then they, they say yes. And then I go into a conversation about how that works and what a reflection is and that kind of a thing. Um, I don't know if any one of you guys have had a, an approach that's been really successful as far as getting, you know, people really interested in the project. But that's been my approach. And I've gotten some at least curiosity to it. Maybe a couple people interested. But uh, what are your guys' approach? And, and how can we build this community and get the word out? as, you know, just individual investors. What are your guys' thoughts on that? Yeah, so number one, I, I think that even buying right now is a great level, right? I mean, even in the fours, I think it's a hell of a value, uh, a value that most of us never foresaw when we got in this project early. So what I'm referencing with if it moves down, I'm referencing that many of us believe, uh, including the co-hosts on the show, that Bitcoin's going to dip even further. And then that's going to have more negative impact on the altcoins. So in referencing a buy where it moves down, what I'm saying is that I know people that own a ton of SafeMoon. And what they're looking at is if it does move down with Bitcoin moving down, they're looking at making massive buys at that level, right? Now, these are people that would still buy at these levels. They just wouldn't put up massive buy out. But if this moves down into the threes, I think you'll see some massive buys. If it gets down into the twos, even the high twos, I think you'll see even more massive buying activity because people are smart. They're going to take advantage of the opportunity. Now, in terms of introducing people to SafeMoon, I'll talk about SafeMoon and what it means to me. It's not something I can really explain in a 10-minute conversation. There's so much more to it. I mean, to really have an extensive conversation, it's an hour. But people that aren't quite sure about it or don't know what it is, I tell them, look, you got to put the time in. You got to study what this is. SafeMoon.education is the place to start. Uh, and then if people aren't really sure of it, I kind of look at it like, what do you have to lose, right? Throw a couple hundred bucks in, study it, learn it, see what you think about it, and then let that thought process develop. I think that a lot of times, People start, you know, with too high of an amount and then they don't really understand it. But I think my belief is if somebody even starts with a hundred bucks and then watches the reflections come in and then gets to understand uh, how this is going to burn down with the circulating supply, this being a deflationary uh, project, the, the, the buys and sells and how that increases your wallet, uh, that it doesn't matter where they start. The point is they get in the game, even if it's a small amount, they're going to continue to purchase more safe, right? Because then they're going to understand it. And so I think that's what, like the value with Jeremy, what he was doing in New York, right? That's a big deal. Uh, because what he was doing was giving people a small amount of safe moon. And then if they take the time to understand it and, you know, realize that impact and the value of what this is going to be, you know, a year, two years out, then they're able to grasp it and, 
you know, obtain more. So that's my approach on that, Wes. Yeah, no, that's that's a good approach. Uh, definitely, I like that idea of just saying, yeah, I'll get a hundred bucks worth or whatever, and then you can kind of see it unfold, and that way you've got your own personal experience with it. Um, and I kind of thought the idea of refreshing the wallet sort of gave the same sort of you know illustration, like live. But yeah, you're right. To really understand SafeMoon, you definitely got to put in the time. And uh, man, it's hard to come up after all you guys, you all stars up here, man. You guys. <laughs> Or on fire, but anyway, yeah. Thanks, Chris. I appreciate your your effort and uh, all the explanation with everything. Sure, stack them less. And and look, you know, this is why we want people up here because we're all from different backgrounds, different parts of of the country, different parts of of countries outside the U.S. We all have our unique perspectives, experiences. That's why this is valuable, right? Because you get to hear from so many different people. There's points that we're not going to always hit. There's points that people are going to bring up every night, and then we can expand upon them. That's the value of the program. So keep coming up, man. I appreciate you. Let's go to Izzy. Izzy, how are you, sir? Looks like Izzy dropped down. We'll get him back up. He might have hit his icon. But, uh, I mean, damn, when I look at it, man, you know, I wish that we could have people all around the world just get in with a hundred bucks at a time, see what this is, and then understand the value, you know. Uh let's go to Izzy. Go ahead, Izzy. Yeah, that's exactly what I did. I hit the icon and dropped down. Man, you guys, great show tonight. Great show tonight. I came in here a little late, but I think I came in at the right time when my man Will was just dropping those bombs. Four twenty back roads, four wheelers all the way, man. I respect it. That's my kind of vibe. But um Chris, you hit it right on the nose, just in everybody. In, in reference to Bitcoin, I feel the same thing. This is, we haven't hit the floor yet. We're still, we still got some way to go and it's going to drag everyone else down a little bit. So in reference to people waiting to snipe those prices out, yeah, I think you hit it right on the nose. Everyone is waiting for it to go down. But keep in mind, y'all, if y'all do look and are looking to buy at those prices, it's going to come and it's going to go fast. It's not going to last long because when it does, people are going to grab it quick and you're going to have to wait and hope there's another one. So be on point, man. You guys put on a hell of a show tonight, man. Appreciate y'all, man. Great job. Stack them. And uh, let me say this too. The safest way to play this, it's up to you guys how you want to play this. I'm not giving financial advice. The safest way to play this in a prolonged bear market is to make small buys periodically, right? So, like, you know, if a small buy, everybody's on a different, you know, uh, economic outlook, right? Some people invest a thousand bucks, you know, maybe more than a thousand bucks a month in cryptocurrency. Some of you are a couple hundred bucks. I mean, there's certain parts of the world where 50 bucks is a lot, right? So, throwing out an amount or a number is not fair. But, whatever a small buy is to you to periodically make that small buy consistently, you know, each month uh, is the way to play in a bear market. Now, when you have a huge drop, now you got that ability to invest a little bit more. That way your hands aren't tied where, you know, let's say you put 500 bucks in the fours level and then a week later it drops into the threes. You're not kicking yourself saying I could have got a lot more tokens. Right. Uh, So, you know, Hey, 
when it takes off, you're not going to look back and say, well, damn, man, I, I missed out, right? If you're making small buys periodically, consistently, month after month, where you're going to kick yourself is if you're not making those buys and then all of a sudden it shoots up. Uh, damn, I'm sure you have some knowledge on that. Yeah, that's very, very important. Um, even if you have a large amount of money, to break that apart and make those buys incrementally. Um, you can do that as it drops and it's going to lower your average. I mean, that, that's the name of the game. And there's nothing worse than making a massive buy and then watching it dip and then maybe even dip to a point where you wish you could buy at that level. But you're, you're out of the game temporarily. So make incremental buys, keep a little on the side for those massive drops. Um, that's the way I have always done it. That's the way institutions do it. Even if they're dealing with millions of dollars, they make smaller buys and they make a lot of them. Um, you can leverage your way down to a price point. That, you know, when the market turns, you're in a good position. Um, because if you think about what Chris was talking about and we end up at a very low supply before this bear market ends, can you imagine coming out of the gate with an exchange and these products with a low supply where there's really not that much left to burn? I mean, it's, it's, it's going to go off the chain. So definitely um, small incremental buys. That's what we do. That's what we encourage. Um, it also makes sense if you're someone who has other obligations. You know, you can set a, aside a small amount each paycheck. And that's what I do. Um, and you can make that purchase without it having a uh, negative impact on your life. You know, you'll st- we, we talk about budgeting. Every time I talk with Chris about what we plan to do, we use the word budget. That word budget came up at least five or six times the other day in our conversation. Um, because it doesn't matter, you know, who you are, what economic background you come from. You're going to have a budget. You know, I always say multimillionaires, they have the same problems that all of us have. The only difference is it their the problem? Is it their problem? Have, have some have, extra have, zeros behind them. Looks like we had some feedback there. Hey, Dan, let me ask you this, man. So, like, I look at like BNB right now, right? And it got down into the low 200s yesterday. And when we saw the market really taking off end of last year, late November, you know. $3 trillion market cap for all cryptocurrency. BNB was right at that 600 level, right? Which is, I mean, that's huge. We're talking three times the level of where it's at right now, right? And I can remember people talking and saying, damn, you know, I used to be able to buy a BNB. Now I'm buying half a BNB to buy safe money. We all remember that. I look at like a Binance, right? When we have our next bull market, it's going to go higher than 600 bucks, man. I mean, that was just the peak of 2021. I think you're looking at 700, you know, 750. I've seen many, many people say they think BNB is going to be a thousand bucks 
a coin, right? So when you look at that right now, and then you compare that to where Safe Moon's at and where it's going to be on a bull run, I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Definitely, and let's not let's not forget where Binance was, you know, just a few years ago. It was very very low, you know, just just not very long ago, you know, it was in the cent range. Um, so yeah, with the exchange, with the blockchain, those two things I've always said are, um, that's our bread and butter. Uh, we get those, this market reverses. Um, you're going to see a massive upswing, not financial advice. Um, but we all know, do the math. I mean, calculate the burn, um, with volume. Look at what that looks like. Um, swap and evolve. Look at how often it's triggered now. We've not talked about that tonight. Um, what does that look like with high volume? I mean, multiple times per hour, um, which is going to make RLP, you know, very strong, very stable. That's the, uh, that's the reason they're doing it that way. Um, so definitely, um, it's all about being patient. You know, it's all about being patient and convicted and what, your original thesis was, um, that has not changed for me. Um, this market may have changed, but that hasn't changed. And safe moon, if you look at it, we've been remarkably stable. Um, I can't think of a project that has been more stable through this than us. Um, you know, we had a, a dip previous to this big dump in the crypto market that was lower than we are now. Which that's that's crazy. I don't think that happened with any other project. If anyone knows of one, let me know. But I think that is unique in SafeMoon. Yeah, in in five years ago, you're looking at Binance in the seventeen cent range, right? So that was five years ago, and I guarantee that when people had Binance and it went from seventeen cents to like ten bucks they were like, wow, you know, this is, I've made so much money on this. And there were people selling and taking profits. I don't think they were ever imagining going from 17 cents to $600. I mean, if you went on a show and said, hey, this thing's going to climb up to $600, people would want to have you committed. But that's that's what's possible in crypto. That's what people need to understand. I'm not saying SafeMoon's going to go to $600, right? I mean, there's, there's a different supply here. It's a different dynamic. But if you look at what SafeMoon is doing, it's the same as Binance, right? Blockchain, smart contracts eventually, exchange. It's the same framework. It's the same blueprint, right? It's not like if you look at the percentage increase, okay, it would be like, safe and going from where it is now to i think three four bucks something like that right but it's entirely possible and that's that's the point that everybody needs to understand they're setting up an ecosystem that's going to have the same utilities but i believe they're going to do it even better uh, because you're going to have cryptonomics on this exchange right you're going to have that paired with ethereum with bitcoin you're going to have cross-chain swaps between ethereum and binance smart chain you're eventually going to have a blockchain that's going to be multi-layered right that's going to have smart contracts produced off the safe moon blockchain 
John's talked about integration with Avalanche, with Polygonmatic, right? Look at Polygonmatic. What are they used for? NFTs. What have we talked about tonight? Fractional NFTs with the wind turbines. That's why you would, you know, have a Polygonmatic inter- interacting with your blockchain. Um, Avalanche, relatively new project. It's gotten hit hard by the bear market. But that's a strong project to have interact with your blockchain. So then you look at this exchange, right? And the amount of detail that they put into this, where they want to have mass adoption, not just in the U.S., but throughout the whole world with the EU money license, with all the regulations in place, making it an exchange that everybody could use and value, right? Where you can hold your Ethereum, your Bitcoin, and all your other holdings and increase in value just for having them on the exchange. That's revolutionary, and that's different than what we've seen. And the promise of that and and how the price will move is, you know, it's a game changer. Uh, Dan, I'm sure you can contribute to that as well. Yeah, it's what it's all about is bringing in, in in my opinion, into safe mode, bringing in retail investors um, through marketing that um, we will do. We we have speculated on VC investors involved in that um, offering an exchange that is attractive to massive investors, the uh, Bitcoin holders that make up 70% of the cryptocurrency market um, offering things to them that no one else offers, you know, having things cross chain swaps, tying in to uh, projects like avalanche, harnessing things that they do um, that maybe we don't do, Um, looking for niches, looking for needs, um, providing ways to um, offload um, reflections, providing reflections to other tokens with cryptonomics, um, offering cross-chain swaps, staking. We've not talked about that yet. Um, There's just so many things that they have been working on that when they are brought to market, we've seen the exchange, you know, compared to other cryptocurrency exchanges that I have used, there's no comparison with the charting that I saw in the screenshots from it. Um, It's definitely a game changer. Um, Bringing that stock trading platform functionality is a big deal. The fact that they're going to roll out the web-based exchange at the same time as the app exchange um, to be able to to have access to it with an app. Um, That's not been done too often. So there's a lot of things that are going to differentiate the SafeMoon exchange. Um, And then you have the SafeMoon crypto, you know, so there's just, there's, there's a lot there. Um, there's a, I can see based upon now, this is my prediction based on the growth that, um, Binance had in the years that Chris had talked about. Um, I believe he said around three to $4. If you extrapolate that growth from the, uh, token value we have now, um, I could easily see five dollars um, in five years. Yeah, and and you know the other thing too that I wanted to 
you know, point out to people is that people in crypto that aren't in this project are reactive, not proactive. So like everybody we have here tonight and the people that are in SafeMoon, the 675,000 holders are proactive people with a vision, right? But most of crypto is going to be reactive. What does that mean? Well, that means that they're not going to get into SafeMoon until they see this exchange released, until they see the card released, until they see the blockchain released. That's when this community is going to take off even more. Everybody that's in here is at an advantage and they're early in the game. Most of the people, in fact, I I don't see how this doesn't double in the amount of holders or even triple once utilities released because once that's released that's when people are going to want to be a part of this and they're going to say okay i could be late to the party if i don't get in but that's look we're all in this because we believe that the team's going to deliver and release exactly what we need for this project to take off that's what's different about us and the rest of crypto that's going to get in once they see it it's like they don't believe it until they actually see it released they said the same thing about the wallet. You know, there were people saying that they're never going to release a wallet. Well, the wallet got released on iOS and Android, right? It took a long time, you know, and that's the same sentiment right now when it comes to the exchange and the blockchain and the card. The team's going to deliver, though. And, you know, we have an idea as to how uh, their standards, right? They're strict about what they're doing. They're, they, they're like perfectionists in terms of what they want to deliver. Uh, that's the difference. A lot of projects aren't doing that. And that's what's left SafeMoon open to criticism. You know, the way I look at it, 98, 99% of projects out there are going to promise utility and release utility and not have that same standard. So when they, when people look at delays, they, they that's why they criticize SafeMoon. SafeMoon's looking at it is, look, we got one chance to get this right. So when we release it, it's got to be perfect. Uh, that's where I think that is left safe and open to criticism. But the people that really understand what's going on understand that that doesn't matter. Damn, I'm sure you, you can add to that. Yeah, the criticism, you know, um, I think Martin, we had him on the other night. Um, wealth of knowledge um, with blockchain. Um, you know, he spoke about if and when SafeMoon, in his opinion, delivers on one of these projects, they will deliver on all of them. He said it just like that. That's someone with an unbiased view of this project. Um, he was on the, sh- he had us on his show actually to learn about SafeMoon. Um, he comes from a proof of work, um, most of the projects he seems to be involved in and interested in are the proof of work projects. So he had a very unbiased view of SafeMoon. And I could tell during the discussion that he became more and more interested in what we have. You know, it is very difficult to build a community like we have. Um, it's very difficult, if not impossible, to set out and replicate that. It's something that just happens on its own. Um, and it, it grows grassroots exponentially. It's grown grassroots. 
So when you have a community like we have that's strong as we have, that is retail trader based, um, and then you throw utility on top of that, it explodes. There's, there's no other outcome that I can see other than that. When you have a massive community that is very powerful of individual holders that don't sell, that's evident in our market activity. It's been very strong throughout this. Um, we had a massive uptick with the liquidity moving and only a 1.5% increase in wallets. That tells me that the community continues to invest in the project and they do not sell. You have that, you throw utility on top of that, you get mass adoption, you get media exposure because that will come. That's what the public is waiting to see. They are waiting to see a strong, reputable, safe, accessible project that, you know, lasts the test of this market. And at this point, we are holding up, you know, for, from someone who has been involved in stocks and crypto for a long time. We are holding up. I'm very impressed. I think I made a comment to Chris and, and the guys about that today that I'm very impressed at how well SafeMoon has held up throughout this. So, yeah, I see nothing but positive things to come. We're going to go to our final thoughts here, and I'm going to close the show. And I'm going to end it on a really positive note for you. Think about this, okay? Uh, when we had the one-third liquidity movement that night, this shot up and lost a zero, like, really quick. And then it settled back down in the five eight range. But if you think that exposure and people reacting and buying into this when something really big happens is not going to happen, just look at that night. You can go back to that show. Uh, we got it recorded. It's on Spotify. It's on Apple. You know, Amazon, Audible, all the all the places we put the podcast. Right. We're, if you look at that night and it was a it was a Twitter show, we had six journalists in that room, right? They came. These are people that aren't on the show. All of a sudden they showed up and they wanted to know exactly what the hell was going on. And all that was was one third liquidity pool movement that shot the price up on one night. That was not releasing an exchange, releasing a card releasing connect you know releasing a blockchain all this major utility that's coming once that happens and this price continues to move up and you have the two-thirds liquidity pool movement these journalists and people that have been outside of safe moon are going to flock to this and they're going to come hard and fast and it's not going to last for one night it's going to last for weeks months and years and from that point on you're not going to have this is going to be looked at differently. And if you saw it that night, that night you saw a preview of what's going to happen just in a few hours. But imagine that over weeks, months and years, that's going to be what's going to happen. Damn, I'm sure you can add to that. Absolutely. I mean, we we saw numerous journalists, big names in the audience that night. And that was 
all that was was a third of the liquidity pool being moved over. You know, we still have another two-thirds remaining. We have products that are about to drop. Um, we have a massive community that are just diamond-fisted. They do not sell. Um, we've all been through a desert already, you know. So it, it, it's funny for me when I talk to other people that hold safe mode, just the lack of concern they have with the downturn in this market is remarkable because in any other project you're going to see people panicking in any other stock you're going to see people panicking if you doubt that go to weeble open it up click on any stock you want any one of them click on the feed and read the comments you will see outright panic and we don't have that the reason we're all so confident is because we know what's coming. We know who is on the team. We know the people that John has assembled. Um, we know their experience levels. We know what products are coming. So we have every reason in the world to have confidence. You know, none of us are in this for the next month, the next two months, the next three months. You know, this is a long-term hold. We've said that from the beginning. We've never wavered from that. That's the way the token is designed to encourage that. So in a market like this, I look at SafeMoon as being the perfect solution to this market. There's not any, there's not a lot of institutions involved. Very low well dominance. Most of the wells we had are long since gone. So I, I'm very bullish on it. I, I feel great about it. Um, it's been a great night. I've loved hearing from all the uh, speakers. You know, the audience makes the show. We always say that. And uh, it's been a great night. Yeah, we'll close it out here, man. And, and look, I, I just wanted to end that with a snapshot of what I see happening in the future, right? Because that was just a an idea of what that's going to look like. And there's journalists that... that we had six that night. I mean, I had a list. I had somebody send me a text message and said, Hey, I know you got a lot going on with the show and a lot to cover, but these are the six you had in the audience. And these weren't people with like a couple thousand followers. These were people that were from major publications. I think that have been following the story of safe moon the whole way. And they were saying, okay, is this a breaking point? Well, it was temporarily, right? It showed that the team is prepared and ready to act. Right. But imagine this when the utilities delivered and this price just starts going off. That's going to be an ongoing story. That's going to be the exposure that a doge got when it went on its run. Right. Last year. That's when you're going to see people flock to this. And that's when you're going to see a lot more holders and people are going to be getting in the game late. And we're going to be sitting here collecting reflections and we're talking about the times we spoke about what was going to happen in the future. That's the difference. Show me another project that has that coming. I don't see it. That's why my confidence level is so high. And that's why all of us have a lot to look forward to. It's just a waiting game at this point. That's all it is. And we're not going anywhere. We're here through the whole journey. And all of you are going to be with us. And a lot of you are going to end up with a lot more safe moon than you ever thought possible. So that's the other positive aspect about this too. Have a good night.
Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back on Monday. Uh, if we decide to do a show like Friday or Saturday, we'll talk about that. There's a possibility we might sneak one in. We'll let you know if we do do that. But otherwise, we'll see you on Monday evening. Stay strong. Understand the best days are ahead. Good night. <laughs>